You are Locked On Boston College, your daily podcast on the Boston College Eagles, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On Boston College. I am your host, AJ Black. Today, we are going to talk about the Holy War and Boston College losing to Notre Dame 45-31. to Before we get into that, today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON and you'll get 20% off your next order. Again, BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON. All right, so folks, let's jump into today's episode. Boston College, as we said earlier, lost to Notre Dame on Saturday. It was not a pretty game for the Eagles. They were beaten pretty soundly on in all aspects of the game. Their offense struggled. Their defense really struggled. And Notre Dame just played at a level that was way above where BC could handle. So the game kind of started off. Let's kind of get jump in and kind of go over the game. We're not going to go over every piece of the game but because you can just go on any website and read that. But here's kind of the, the, the overall flow. Boston College goes out. They kick off to Notre Dame to start the game. Notre Dame marches down the field, but Boston College holds on in the red zone, holds Notre Dame to a field goal. Things are looking pretty good. You know, you're feeling good that they held them to three points. BC then returns the favor and goes marching right down the field, scores seven points on a beautiful touchdown pass to Zay Flowers. And by beautiful touchdown pass, I should say beautiful touchdown catch because it was actually a pass thrown behind him that he reached behind and grabbed. This gave BC a lead, and everything started going Boston College's way as they uh, Notre Dame fumbled on the next drive. BC gets the ball. However, they stall and have to kick a field goal. They go up 10-3. You know, there was more chances for Boston College. They can get another fumble later on. Uh, but, how, however, Notre Dame uh, starts to really kick it into gear. And what we see with Notre Dame is an offense that was clicking at a level we haven't seen a team play BC at all year. And it was a well-balanced, just, I would say, a fundamentally sound offense that just really, really put it to BC. And, you know, the Eagles... They tried, you know, they had some chances. I think the biggest chance they had, so they had the three turnovers, three fumbles that they recovered, which I think uh, was a big flaw in Notre Dame's game. But I think the big chance that they had that I, I, you know, where it felt like BC was going to win was when they kicked that onside kick. So Halfley, he showed guts. I, I, I was very impressed with this. You know, they get the ball. They ki- they're kicking off after, uh, I think it was after the field goal. And they go for an onside kick, and they land on the ball. And, you know, if that place, if that was a live audience, their alumni stadium would have been rocking when that happened. But they they reviewed it, which I don't know. Maybe someone else can tell me on Twitter. You know, you can hit me up at AJBlack underscore BC. I don't know why they reviewed that play. Uh, is that, like, you can't. They found out that there was a penalty on Travis Levy for touching the ball early or touching a receipt or contacting a receiver. But how do they have a review for a penalty? So I don't, I, I'm, I, you know, I'm not a, a, a rules aficionado, but that seemed kind of bogus to me, but whatever. So Notre Dame gets the ball back. And then, you know, after that, it was all Notre Dame and BC would, you know, make their, they'd make their moves here and there. Um, you know, there was a touchdown for, 
David Bailey, a nice run, and then um, there was a touchdown near the end of the game for Hunter Long that even kept him in the game then. But it was those offensive drives for Notre Dame that really were soul-crushing for BC because the Eagles had no answer to anything they, they did. You know, Ben Skornick had three touchdowns. He's a wide receiver tight end transfer from Northwestern. Uh, he looked like a matchup nightmare out there. You know, he and Ann Book, you know, once they figured that out, Brian Kelly just had Book, you know, constantly go into Skornick. And BC couldn't stop him. They, at one point, I saw Brandon Sebastian on him. one point, I saw Deion Jones. I think I saw Josh DeBerry at another point. They just could not figure it out. He was a big, he's a big kid. He, he's only 6'2", from what I saw. But he looked a lot bigger than that, and he played a lot bigger than that, and he played strong. So he was a big issue. But, you know, so Notre Dame is able to move the ball around. BC hung out, hung around, though. They, You know, they were hitting field goals. And the there were two big plays, though, that I thought killed Boston College. And they were both self-inflicted um, mistakes. The first play came, BC gets the ball on a turnover, and it's right before the end of the second quarter. They're in Notre Dame territory. They're down, I think it was 24-16 at that point. It looked like they were going to be able to get some points and get the ball to start the second quarter, uh, second half. What ends up happening? I don't. Know, it looked like BC was shifting on offense, and then the play count got kind of screwy, and Alec Lindstrom hiked the ball over Phil Dracovic's head when Dracovic wasn't even paying attention. That gave the ball right back to Notre Dame. Notre Dame responds with a touchdown. Now they're up 34, um, 34, uh, 20, sorry, 24-13 going into half. Still, you felt like BC could still be in it. However, uh, sorry, 31-16 was the score going into half. Going to the third quarter. BC gets the ball to start off. They again start marching down the field. It's now fourth down. Fourth and a long one. First of all, I want to challenge. I thought the coaching staff should have probably challenged the spot of that ball because they really gave Notre Dame a generous spot there because where I saw it should have been close enough where Jakovic should have just been able to dive for a first down. But instead it was like a yard and a half, almost two yards. BC calls a timeout. They come out of the timeout in the shotgun, and I'm going, oh, gosh, what are they doing? A shotgun on fourth and one? They better be passing the ball because you're not going to run it against a defense like Notre Dame. And what do they do? They run the football. They run it with a, a you know a delayed run at Travis Levy. He gets nothing. Notre Dame stuffs him. That's basically the game right there. Those two plays. Two mistakes. They lose by 14 points. That's it. You know, they had other points, too, where they made mistakes. You know, Jakovic threw an interception. They had, you know, um, the offense was just out of all out of sorts. So we're going to get into that in the second section, uh, second segment today. But Boston College drops to 5-4. and four. Notre Dame, 8-0. And, you know, after the game, you know, Notre, BC didn't do a lot of the things they needed to do to win that game. And Notre Dame played really well. And that's all you can look at. You can say that Notre Dame was a better team and BC isn't there yet. And I think that's fair to say because BC did not play at the level that they needed to play to beat a team like Notre Dame. And they, they had the game plan there. Uh, but we're going to talk about when we get back, some of the issues that bit Boston college in the butt. And I think some of them were things that they can 
control and there were some that did they could not control. So we'll get to those in a moment. For that, we've got to chill. You know me, you know that I love Coors Light. It's an old, cold, lagered, refreshing beer that I use when I need to chill. And whether it's after a long weekend of working on my site, bcbulletin.com, or it's, you know, work uh, complications and things that come up in life, I reach for an ice cold Coors Light. It's the beer that's made to chill. It doesn't matter if you're watching sports or if you're just, you know, flipping through the channels. Coors Light is the official beer of watching any sport, just to drink beer. So flip through those channels, find a sport, and crack open a Coors Light. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's literally made to chill. It's as crisp and as refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is perfect for a moment to unwind, and I needed that last night. So Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. And when you need to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door at get.coorslight.com. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. So we're talking about Boston College and Notre Dame, and there were some definite talking points that we need to get into. The first is the defense. The defense struggled mightily against Notre Dame, and if it wasn't for those three turnovers... You know, Notre Dame could have put up 60 points on them easily because just the way they were moving the ball against Boston College and Book and that offense put up 580, um, 580, uh, 561 yards, excuse me, 283 through the air and 278 through rushing. I mean, it doesn't get much more balanced than that. And they were able to do that basically through everything. They were throwing the ball nicely and Book looked like he was made out of grease because he... Every time Boston College went to go, t you know, put any pressure on him, he just, you know, glided right off of them and, and made his reads and made his passes. But Boston College in general, they weren't able to get any pressure on defense. They ended the game with zero sacks, and <clears throat> they just got beaten badly up front. Now, I know Boston College does not have an all-ACC caliber defensive front. You got guys like Marcus Valdez and... Luke Beckett and Chibuzi and Wuka, who are good players, but they're not great. They're not, you wouldn't call them humongous playmakers or guys that can take over a game. And what they ran into last night, on Saturday night, excuse me, was the best offensive line in the country. Notre Dame's offensive line plays better than any offensive line I've seen. You know, they have all the accolades. They're going to be many different <coughs> first round um draft picks out of that group and they just beat up bc's front front four and the, the you know the linebackers and i thought the linebackers tried but you know when you're getting no push up front and no one's getting a hand on the running backs or slowing down the end book they're, they're going to be helpless so i thought the defensive line they just they just ran into one of the best def offensive lines in the country it just showed what a need boston college has for playmakers up front and, what, you know, we've talked about recruiting on the show before. That's going to be an area where they're going to need to really look at. And I know that they've got a, they've got like six or seven guys coming in for that those positions. So be prepared. They're going to probably need to rebuild that area. And it was clear last night that that was an issue uh, for BC. On top of that, I thought um, they just looked slow. And, you know, it was the – Halfley said it was the ninth straight game for Boston College. You know, they haven't had an off week since the beginning of September – which is no excuse, but they just looked slow. 
And Notre Dame just looked like they had a different gear than Boston College. You saw guys like Kyron Williams and Sebo um, all just, you know, beating up that front front five and, and just getting out there and making plays and, and getting to the second level. And it was just, it was tough to watch. I said it on the site. I thought, uh, so my site, bcbulletin.com, if you haven't checked that out, my site, please go over there. Um, the, my, the linebackers had a tough game too. You know, Isaiah McDuffie had 16 tackles, but it just felt to me just watching my eyeball test that the linebackers through the entire game were almost in like chase mode. They were chasing after, you know, Ian Book or Kyron Williams or or um, any of the ball carriers for Notre Dame. They weren't attacking. And that was because just they weren't able to, you know, get after anybody. So that was a big issue as well. Now, the defense, they they struggled. They played poorly. But the other piece, you got to have to look at the offense too because they, you know, Phil Dracovic ended up playing, um, passing the ball 40 times and he only completed 18 passes. And he looked inaccurate. And after the game, we found out why he looked so inaccurate. Jeff Halfley made the stunning announcement after the game that Dracovic had separated his shoulder against Clemson and had been playing through it for the last two weeks. He also explained that was the reason why against Syracuse, Boston College went so heavy on the run. And it made so much more sense. You know, Djokovic didn't practice at all the week against Syracuse. They didn't know if he was going to be able to play, but he insisted to play and the doctors cleared him so he was able to. But from a fan's perspective and from a journalist who was watching, it makes so much more sense. We saw in the Clemson game, him. T- we saw Djokovic take two massive shots. And, you know, he just looked beat up. You know, there was the play where he got sacked. Not sacked. He was going for a uh, rush on third down and short. And that was the play that Grossell ended up back in. And then the play at the very end of the game where he threw uh, when he hit when they hit him for the safety. So those two plays happen. And then just watching, you could tell there was something off with him the week of the Syracuse game. Um, He wasn't able to hit his passes. Everything looked a little bit off, a little bit wonky for him. There were some easy reads he was making. And I remember, I can remember like two passes in particular. I think he was doing like a, you know, a a pass to the outs, like a quick out to, to Zay Flowers. And he threw it over his head by what looked like 15 feet. And then there was other passes that were underthrown or wobbly. Well, Dracovic after the game said, you know, he wasn't able to grip the ball appropriately he had to change the um arm action that he had for his throws he had to kind of redo his throwing motion it makes so much more sense now to see what he's been up to because he hasn't looked all that great the last two weeks but he's been playing hurt so i think it's a testament to um what kind of battler he is you know he made it seem like it wasn't that big of a deal but i imagine that a separated shoulder is not the most comfortable thing in the world and having 300-pound men chasing you to, and hitting you, because he took some hits, you know, he took some hits in both games to hit that shoulder, shows he's got a lot of grit. I mean, we all saw it, we knew that ahead of time, but he just played, you know, for a guy that hurt, that's impressive, and it really changes how you view the outcome of this game. If you just think that Djokovic wanted to play this game, he told Halfley he wasn't going to miss the opportunity to play his teammates, to go out there and be able to make some throws the way he did, um, I think that's a big deal. And I think, you know, hopefully there's no 
lasting implications from you know pushing himself like this but i'm guessing that halfley did his due diligence talking to trainers and staff and whatnot but <clears throat> really shows you what what his toughness means to this team next i would like to talk to you about built bar built bar is an amazing amazing nutritious delicious bar that you can have at any time to get you through your tough days it has everything that you want it's great for a health conscious guy like me who's trying to kind of watch what he eats and stop that donuts and and other crap that i eat every now and then it helps you lose or maintain the weight while indulging in a delicious treat the low calorie low sugar high protein and high fiber and it's great for a keto diet now low calorie and low sugar that's perfect no crashes it's going to make you feel good and it is delicious they have 18 amazing flavors including nut and non-nut flavors i've been trying some different ones and i am a big fan of toffee almond and mint brownie but there's other ones i just can't wait to try because they're all so delicious and they're perfect now if i'm on the move if i have to go to an appointment or if i'm you know out for a walk you can just throw it in your backpack or you can throw it in you know your your bag and you have a delicious you know light lunch that is perfect for when you need it now built bar has a special deal right now with purchase you're going to get a free cooler while supplies last and this will only last a week or so so make sure that you do this quickly all you have to do is go to builtbar.com and use promo code locked on and you'll get 20 percent off your next order again use promo co- code Locked on for 20% off at BuiltBar.com. Locked on Boston College, this is AJ Black. Before we get into our final segment, I want to know, let you know where you can find me. If you want to follow me on Twitter, it's at AJ Black underscore BC. And I am going to introduce, especially because it's a bye week, we're going to do a mailbag this week. So if you want a question or you have a comment that you want me to read on the air, Email it to me at Boston College SI. Again, Boston College SI at gmail.com. Make sure you put your name on that. You don't have to put your last name. Name and your area where you live. That way I can read those on the air and give you my answers. Um, later on this week, we're going to have Eric Hofsis on for a couple different things. He's going to talk to us about a Saturday's game and he's going to talk to us about basketball. Because it's bye week, we're going to really hit basketball and hockey this week. Because there's a lot to talk about as the seasons are about to to kick off for both of those sports. So you're going to want to check that out. We're also going to do mailbag. We're going to get into more college football talk about different uh, topics around the the country. And there's so much more. You're not going to want to miss that. And so what I'm going to ask you to do now, make sure you like and subscribe to us, uh, to Lockdown Boston College on any of the major podcasting platforms. And if you're on Apple, give us a five-star review. And tell us, tell everyone how much you like our podcast. And if you have a suggestion for me, if there's something that you want to see me do differently, send me an email. I love to hear it. So to wrap up our conversation about the game, we're going to get more into details of different things that we saw. I want to look at how Jeff Halfley has attacked two major opponents uh, in the last three weeks. So Boston College played the number one and the number two teams in three weeks, which, as Halfley said a couple times, seems like something that probably hasn't happened in a long time. And they only lost those two games by a combined score of 20 points. 
That is incredible and shows you where this program is heading. You have a team made mostly of Steve Adazio players and uh, transfers playing at such a high level that they were almost they were at the point where both team you know both games they were in it. And you have to imagine the way Halfley is playing and the way he has his team, you know, moving. That when he gets more and more of his guys in, this team is going to be able to knock some teams off. And I think that's going to happen. But Notre Dame's going to take this one. They're now uh, they've won seven in a row against Boston College. They have the longest winning streak in college football, and they are well primed for a run in the college football playoffs. Well deserved. I mean, they played really well, and they're as well rounded of a team as I've seen all year. I, You know, we saw Clemson two weeks ago, and I have to say, Notre Dame, the way they played, impressed me more. So I, I still think Notre Dame could still knock off Clemson a second time when it comes to the ACC championship. Um, but back to Halfley. So two games, he is playing to win. He said that again last night. He's not a guy that is going to be caught in the aura of a team like Notre Dame or Clemson. He's going to go out there and try to smack them in the mouth. And he's done it two games in a row. And he's doing it through his aggressiveness. So we saw against Notre Dame, we saw the fake, I mean, we saw the onside kick that almost worked. And against Clemson, we saw Boston College do the um, the fake field goal that got Clemson to jump off sides. You know, just gutsy special teams moves that put your team in a position to win. You're not playing not to lose. Halfley's playing to win. And I think that's the biggest difference between him and the previous coaches that have been at Boston College. He's playing to win, and he's going to do everything in his power to put his team in those positions. And that means pulling off all the stops. Now, did they play a perfect game against Notre Dame? No. that I still think that call with Travis Levy was terrible, and I'm not a big fan of that. Um, but I thought they did, you know, they did what they could do with what they had. So Boston College is now 5-4. and four. They have two more games left after the bye week. They get to play at home against Louisville on uh, Saturday, uh, the week of um, Thanksgiving. And then the week after that, they're going to head to uh, Charlottesville to play UVA. Now, on paper, both of these teams' games should be wins for Boston College. Louisville is a mess with turnovers, which, as we've seen with Boston College, is the key for them to win games. So they should be a team Boston College should win. Now, UVA, I still don't get what they are. <laughs> I'm going to say that right off the bat. I have to watch more of their games. I don't know what they are like, but I know that they are not. They haven't played all that strongly either. So Boston College could head into bowl season at 7-4, and four, which with a first-year head coach, a new offensive scheme, playing games like UNC, Virginia, well, Virginia Tech's not a good example, Clemson and Notre Dame, you couldn't be happier where this is going. So if they end up seven and four, and say they get a good, you know, SEC Big Ten opponent in the um, in a bowl game, say they play like, you know, Minnesota or uh, Purdue or any team that they could they win, they could possibly end the season eight at four with eleven games, and not one of those wins is against the uh, FCS school. You have to say you're very happy where Boston College is at, and I think moving forward. They're going to continue to get better because their offense is going to have more time to gel. This is not going to be another year where they're not going to be able to practice. They're going to be able to talk and, and get that going. And on top of all of that, Halfley deserves a lot of credit for where the program is at in terms of COVID stuff. 
If you've been following college football, you've seen it. They've they've had so many games canceled in the last couple of weeks. It seemed like half of the SEC was canceled last week because of COVID cases. Boston College has had 7,000 um, tests done since the beginning of June, and they've had one positive, and that was a kid that came back positive, not getting it on campus. That is a testament to a program that is in very good shape and run by uh, a guy that gets his kids to believe in him and follow his message. So I think BC's in great shape. Tomorrow, Eric Hoffs is going to join us to talk more about this game. I'm going to give you my good, bad, and ugly tomorrow, and we're going to talk even more about other things to do with Boston College football. So thank you all for listening, um, and this is AJ Black. Again, you can follow me on Twitter at AJBlack underscore BC. You can follow my site at Boston College SI or this podcast at LockedOnBC. Thank you all, and I will see you again tomorrow to talk more football. Take care, everyone.